Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network rolls on. Friday edition. Football on the horizon. We've got some games tonight, too, don't we? We do. Illinois, Nebraska. The okay. Illini, three-and-a-half-point favor in that game. That game not in my top ten. I well, don't want to spoil any games out there, but that did not make the top ten. It would have two weeks ago. Eh, two maybe. weeks ago, it was, it was, a, it was a lean, lean weekend. I like to walk you and through. And Illinois the, was actually doing a little bit more then. I always like to walk you through my process, Hutton, of yeah. coming up with these top 10 games and how many games I initially jot down and just looking at the full FBS schedule for the week. This week, I thought when I was done, I'm like, oh man, I've got like 12, 13 games to choose from. Mm-hmm. Eight. I wrote down eight games that jumped out to me. All eight were really good. Great, yeah. But eight games. So I had to add four and then pick two of those four to add to the bottom of the list. I'm fascinated by the weekend, Chad, because there will be teams that I haven't paid much attention to as far as paid attention to what they've done, but not thought about in the same light as other programs. Oklahoma comes to mind. Yeah. Oklahoma, Kentucky, Missouri. There are others. Barrett Salee joins us. He's Uh, thinking about the Atlanta Braves like me. That's right. And trying to get revenge against the Phillies starting this weekend. So we've got other things on our mind. College football analyst for CBS Sports. Barrett, good to see you, man. Good to see y'all. Yeah, uh, my confidence level and nervousness level for the Braves are like up and down, up and down. Like every hour on the hour, it's a different feeling and a different emotion. And quite frankly, I don't like it. I have I zero like confidence. I'll, I'll be quite honest. <laughs> uh, I, I saw that series last year, and I just feel like the Phillies of all the teams through mm. August on, I'm just praying, just avoid the Phillies, avoid the Phillies, avoid the Phillies. Feels like yeah. one of those teams that just has that clutch gene especially against the Braves. I don't like it, Barrett. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't love I, it for our Braves. I, I don't like it either. And it's like, okay, why can't we do this tonight? You give the Phillies an off day today. You give the Phillies an off day on Sunday. You give it to them on Tuesday. It's like, what's the point of being the best team in baseball if you're not going to have any advantage other than being the home field? And great, like Truist is awesome, but it's still not fair from a roster standpoint that, being one of the best teams of all time, we really don't get that much of an advantage. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous, too, especially if we lose game one. Because if we lose game one, then pitching decisions get uh, get a little sketchy. Barrett, as far as uh, winning and losing tomorrow across the college football landscape, there, there are programs that I was mentioning right before you joined. Just perception-wise, I haven't viewed through the same lens as the, the programs they're facing. Louisville, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. What happens to those programs with a win and the pivot point and how we view where they're headed moving forward? Well, I think with Louisville and Oklahoma, you start to have to think of them on a little bit of a different plane, right? I, yeah. I'm still not sold on Oklahoma, and I don't think anyone's really watched Louisville other than the right. the three sycophants that watched them play last Friday night in one of the worst football games we'll ever <laughs> see against NC State. Uh, but I mean, look, those are, those are two huge games. You know, those are resume builders uh, for each of them. And I think for Texas A&M, I, 
Does it validate Jimbo? Not really, but I think more so than anything else, it shows that Alabama would be slipping. I think for Texas A&M, look, the jury's still out. Um, If they go out there and light up Alabama's defense, that might be a little bit of a different story, but I don't think anybody expects that to happen. But for Louisville and for Oklahoma, statement games that can drastically change how we look at them from, okay, cute little story to, okay, maybe they're in this mixed TCU style again. So maybe, are you saying for Jimbo's sake, it's not the same magnitude of a win as Sarkeesian had? Yeah, not that, not not the same magnitude because I, I think when when Sark beat Alabama, the general consensus was that Alabama was still yeah. this behemoth. Then they played South Florida the way they played South Florida. Then, I mean, last week against Mississippi State wasn't anything to write home about. They still can't block. Like I think a lot of the the reasons Alabama lost to Texas are part of their DNA, part of their identity. Um, and, and Texas A&M can exploit that from a, from a matchup standpoint. But um, I think part of the reason Texas is elevated to where it is was because of what, what a lot of people thought of Alabama at that time. Uh, but that doesn't change the fact that Texas is really good. But maybe A&M is not going to get the same sort of reaction if they were to beat this Crimson Tide team that, I mean, look, they're, uh, they're good, they're not great, and they've got problems. I wonder what the reaction is going to be in Baton Rouge if LSU has three losses uh, this early in the season as they go to Missouri. I feel like LSU is a, a much more talented team than Missouri, but Missouri's got something cooking right now with, with Cook and, and Luther Burden. What do you think of this matchup in Columbia? I see what you did there with, with something cooking. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yep. I like it. Uh, Can't help yeah. but go with those word association games. Well, and it's like when, when Spencer Rattler gets rattled or doesn't get rattled, you have to say – rattled in some way shape <laughs> no doubt I mean, it's like it's Always. like written in it's like written in the contract but yeah i mean with with missouri brady cook has been so awesome and he can exploit lsu's issue which is its secondary they have not been able to fix that all year long and i think for lsu if they were to come back from that and and be a three loss team looking forward with what they have with alabama in tuscaloosa with texas a&m which could be a really tough matchup. And then everybody else on that, on that schedule, there's a chance they could be a six and six or seven and five team. And I think a lot of people, myself included, picked them to win the West. There are people who picked them to go to the playoffs. So if they lose to Missouri, you're looking at LSU perhaps being the biggest disappointment of the entire college football season across the national landscape, not just the SEC. Notre Dame fans everywhere hear that, and they're pulling up that Jerry Seinfeld meme of, well, that's a shame when they hear about <laughs> Brian Kelly possibly going 6-6 six and six this year at LSU. Yeah. Um, Kentucky at Georgia, I think this is going to be a reality check Saturday for a couple teams in the SEC, and I think this is example number one of that one. What, what Do you like Kentucky's chances of going to Georgia and either pulling off the upset or playing the Bulldogs really close? Playing them tough for sure. Um, you know, that's tennis. Uh, Kentucky right now is like the worst possible team at the worst possible time for Georgia to match up with. I wrote that for, for the website for CBSports.com today, actually. Um, and you, you look at where Georgia is. The defensive front's not good. And, and I know folks will say, well, it's Georgia. They'll figure it out. They hadn't figured it out in five games yet. And they just got dominated by Auburn's offensive line. I covered the Auburn-Georgia game. 
Auburn's offensive line was resetting the line of scrimmage like three yards uh, forward every single time. That's against Georgia. And Auburn's offensive line's crap. What are you going to do with Kentucky, who's great up front and can pound the rock better than I think a lot of teams in the country, uh, much less the SEC? It's a reality check for Georgia for sure. Uh, For Kentucky, you know, if they lose, okay, they lose. It's Kentucky. It's not that big of a deal. Um, But it's the wrong team at the wrong time if you're Georgia because you do not to get into a rock fight and you look at this at the trends from a gambling perspective against fbs opponents georgia's 03 and one kentucky's four and zero against the spread i think that tells you all you need to know about where those two teams stand in terms of public perception and professional perception how good is louisville i think that's the question <laughs> a lot of people are asking coming into this game we've all seen notre dame they play these high profile games already I don't think people have paid a lot. I watched them on Friday night last week against NC State, and they survived what I think is a pretty bad <laughs> NC State team. But is is this team good? Yeah, they survived in the sense that they're still breathing. I mean, <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah. Man, that was an awful football game. Terrible. I think Louisville's okay. And and I know that's not deep analysis, but they're they're well coached to a point where they can still move the football. I don't think they have an elite coach by any stretch of the imagination because I'm not necessarily sure what Brom can do from a defensive standpoint, but he knows what needs to be done offensively. And I think that's what matters. So I, I believe that they can stay in every game because they're, they're going to be a threat uh, offensively in every single game, but they have to make sure they don't make those mistakes. They did. I mean, that, that game against NC state last week, it was like a turnover fest, but I, I think they're good enough to, to challenge Notre Dame because Georgia, I mean, Notre Dame is just not going to really try to do an awful lot. They, that's not what they do. They kind of want to play old school. They want to play ball control. They don't want to, you know, give Sam Hartman too much, even though Sam Hartman can do an awful lot. They, they'd rather not have him go out there and throw for 500 yards because that's not, that's not their goal. So um, I think Louisville has a chance at the upset. And I think right now what we're supposed to think of them right now as okay, they're on that sort of brink. Will they beat TCU from last year? Or because this, if this is a win, if they beat Notre Dame, yeah, they're going to skyrocket. Or if they lose, okay, cute little story. Let's wipe them off. You know, it's like Syracuse last year. They won five, six straight in a, uh, in a row and then lost four or five to close the season. So uh, that's kind of where Louisville is right now. So, I, uh, Sorry, Hutton. Yeah. Uh, one off-field question, then Hutton's going to get back to asking about some matchups tomorrow. Um, with the latest news on Mel Tucker and Michigan State, how much does this end up hurting Michigan State's ability to go out and hire a coach now that it looks like they're probably going to owe Mel Tucker a lot of money with this lawsuit that's coming out based on the info they have? Yeah, they are. I think the biggest thing for that is how much of a fi- short-term financial hit does Michigan State want to take? Because if they go out and they shouldn't spend it, has spent that much money on Mel Tucker to begin with, but if they want to spend that much money on whoever – they can, and and I don't think it's financially um, unreasonable to do so because you know on the back end you're getting all that money from the new TV deal. So it's kind of the same uh, discussion you have with Jimbo Fisher and firing Jimbo Fisher before the season. It's like, all right, do you want to take a short-term loss um, to, to make things more stable long-term? Michigan State can do that. So I don't think it affects them all that affects their decision-making all that much. Uh, because if the right guy is out there and is demanding $8 million a year, they can go ahead and do that. That's not a huge deal because they know on the back end, uh, in terms of, of revenue, it's going to come when the new TV contract kicks in. 
Barrett Salee, our guest on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Uh, he's from CBS Sports as the college football analyst. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with the Pac-12 interest, and we can throw Colorado in here now with a three-pack of games that isn't going to garner the attention that we've seen previous with Arizona State, Stanford, and UCLA. What do you think happens with primetime and the attention paid? And we really get a view of that starting tomorrow evening. And just the Pac-12 overall, which is playing great football, but we're going through a huge list of games that don't include those teams right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think with Coach Prime, it's the the fact that the 3-0 start was magical, announced that he can get this done, but reality set in against USC. Because, I mean, USC is not that good. They can't tackle. I know Colorado had a chance, but they really didn't have a chance in that game. Um, and now beating up teams that now you should beat in Arizona state and Stanford is a different challenge because it was, it was a completely different story for the first four games, the roles were reversed. And now because they were, you know, off to three and O start and, and create captured the, 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 the drama, the mind of the entire country, it's, it, they have to figure out how to get things done as the hunted and they're not going to be hunted that often, right? They were against Colorado State. Uh, but now, Arizona State and Stanford are significantly worse than, than Colorado. So, I think big test. Um, and I think Dion is smart enough to get that message across to his team. But it's a different story for 18 to 22-year-olds who probably got caught up in the hype a little bit with, with all the attention to actually follow through and understand how different this feeling is going to be. How worried should Ohio State be about Maryland? Mm, uh, I mean, slightly worried. I mean, if you get into a, a track meet with Maryland and you're Ohio State, I mean, you're going to need McCord to have a big day. I think he can do that, but he hasn't really done that all that much in, in a situation where he needs to. So, uh, they should be worried. I think Maryland is one of those teams kind of like Louisville that's sort of flown under the radar and, and this is a statement game for them. And, um, so yeah, I think because of the quarterback play with the Terps, it's, um, it's a little sketchy. It's not Penn state. It's not Michigan. You know, you're not, you're not playing those kind of games. It's certainly not Notre Dame. Uh, but if, if the breaks go Maryland's direction and Maryland plays the way they want to, uh, you know, we know styles make fights. And it's going to be up to Kyle McCord to uh, to stay in that fight. And I think he can do it. Uh, I think with that receiving core, certainly it makes things easier. But we haven't seen it yet. Barrett, do you believe that with Tez Walker ruled eligible at Carolina, that other players right now that are currently ineligible will flip the script as well? Florida State, there's one at, uh, there's a tackle at Colorado as well that come to mind. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, they're going to have to have public perception on their side because it's amazing what – what uh, what backlash, public backlash does to creating new yeah. information, which was not new. I mean, they just they didn't want to be looked at horribly like the NCAA. So they were just like, oh, we'll we'll make them eligible. So, um, you know, there's that lawsuit now in, in Florida. Um, we'll see what happens um, in Colorado. But, yeah, I think there's going to be um, those players that were ruled ineligible, especially after what happened with Tez Walker. I mean, kicking and screaming. I mean, go kicking and screaming throw the kitchen sink at the NCAA, make it all public and, and make them come out with a good case as to why they should be ineligible. Yeah. And, because and, the NCAA is at a point now where it it's going to have to make its case in every single one of these rulings. And that's not something that I think it's prepared to do because 
pretty much in all of these, the, the rationale, the reasoning is bad. Yeah, and I mean, they went after uh, Mac Brown and, and UNC for lashing out. That's the way you have to do it, though. It's You're time, right. It's time yeah, to, right? it's time to sweep it. the leg, right? You've to steal a line it. from Karate Kid. Uh, yep. Out of commission. Someone needs to go ahead and take them down. Ignore it's their the criticism uh, that they've had about UNC and go at it the same way. You're right. Barrett Salee, always, uh, always at it with the college football coverage for CBS Sports. Always great. Uh, keep up the great work, man. We love the visits here on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully next time we're talking about uh, at least one series win for the Braves. Yeah, uh, man. Go Braves. Uh, Spencer I'm Strider go, on the bump Saturday night is imperative. You're right. Well, Losing and, game and one, here's the not thing. good. I, I want to know your 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 answer to this question. If Strider for if Strider loses, if, if the Braves lose Saturday night, you have to go Freed game two. Yeah. But if they win, do you go Bryce Elder? I go or Bryce AJ Elder. Smith I go Bryce Elder, and, and I go with Freed so. in Philly. I agree. I yep. agree. Great minds think alike, Barrett. Barrett, <laughs> I know what that makes us though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of it also think alike. Yeah, right. Have a fun weekend, man. Barrett Tully, CBS yeah. Sports College Football, and it's always great catching up with him. Coming up. Baker Mayfield flipping the script. He's winning over the Tampa Bay locker room. And we'll also answer, that's my quarterback, next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Fun show, Friday edition. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody are located with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, we got Kelly in Vegas coming up in 20 minutes. One of our favorites. Yeah. Get some winners from her. I just looked down at the YouTube chat, and I have no idea who this is in reference to or who they're talking about, but the message just says, bet he had a mullet back in the day. Oh, that could have been any, any It's of probably us. me. I mean, I, I'm... I, me, you, or maybe Barrett. I did in second grade when most likely to have a mullet at some point. Was so. he referencing Fabiano by chance? I don't think Fabiano is much of a mullet guy, yeah. given his accent. I never had the mullet or the... Uh, no. Or the rat tail. I mean, we're if all. If that's going to be the next comment. We're all from the South, so I don't really take it as an insult when someone says you probably had a mullet back in the day because odds are we did. Or someone we know very close to us had a mullet. Yeah. Hell, their family members. probably has a kid with a mullet right now. I got family members right now with mullets as fully grown adults. Yep. So. 
How would you do? Is it a Kentucky waterfall or a Mississippi mud flap? More of a Missouri compromise, <laughs> okay. I would say. Kind of right in the middle of the mud flap and the waterfall. What I like to call the compromise. Real squirrel pellet. <laughs> squirrel uh, tail. Speaking of, I'm still loving uh, Undaunted Courage, the Lewis and Clark book yeah. that you've read, Hutton. Yeah, it's speaking great. Speaking of uh, squirrel, squirrel pelts. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I, that I haven't finished it, but I, uh, I intend to. Good intention. They had a lot that. of beaver tails. Is what I've learned about this very scrumptious meal and in they, 1804. They took liberties with uh, the funds given too. Uh, funds, yes, uh, native funds also were given to them along the way. Yes, and they um, they had their way for sure. Chad, speaking interesting of funds, book. Uh, so I was down in Tampa this past weekend, and uh, Logan Ryan, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer defensive back, Any a, mullets? A fundraiser. No, no mullets. No, it was a Miami Vice theme. No mullets. A lot of mullets in Florida, mostly northern yeah, Florida. Mostly Gainesville. North Florida, you have mullets, not South Florida. Mostly Gainesville and Jacksonville. Right. Yeah. Uh, We've seen all those. Yeah. Or St. Augustine on Halloween. P- PCB. Um, Baker Mayfield. So, I love how PCB, by the way, sounds like PCP, which is a drug. It's like well, the same. You can same. find that on the floor of PCB Days is the PCP of Beach Towns also. Yeah, it's been washed down the drain of the Days Inn. It's in the middle of the room. Slants down. Yeah. Slants down. Um, Logan had mentioned there were several players with the Bucks. They, they, they got back from their game uh, winning in New Orleans, then went on their bye, and then had uh, a, someone on a trip. I, I heard about the trip. I didn't know it was Baker that was setting all this up. So there are a handful of Buccaneers players that were at the charity event. Those that wanted to make it were apparently with Baker. So he... I mean, he was known as, if you listen to Odell Beckham Jr. from what was said from his father, going back to Cleveland, it was like a 50-50 deal where you either liked Odell or you liked Baker. It wasn't both. You know, no one... Split locker room. Yeah, which if it's split on the quarterback... Not good. That's not good. We know how things ended there. Things did not pick up the way they've picked up in Tampa for him in Carolina. And after the brief stint at the end of the last season in Los Angeles, here he is, and he's winning over the locker room. He's, he's a leader. And he's also taking the lineman to the Bahamas to golf. Um, you've got details from Peter Schrager. Baker's a dude, and the players saw it right away. Took the O-line to the Bahamas during camp after final cuts to golf. And then he's also got uh, dive bar trips with uh, receivers. So good for him. Um, and if he's on the trip right now or getting back from the bye week stuff, um, he's winning over. That's how you win over your guys, especially the offensive line. He's taking care of them. They will take care of him. Seems like a guy's guy, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but why, so whenever there so, were the problems in Cleveland, I always, yeah, when, but when in Cleveland, that's what the, I was thrown off by that because I just always assumed he was man of the people, offensive linemen love him. Parties with his teammates type guy and very easy to get along with. Apparently not the case. Yeah, I mean, he's doing all the Getting right things. Getting better about that now. Doing all the right things. Now just continue to win. This is a very winnable division for them. And they have the head-to-head win now with New Orleans. Maybe he's our quarterback this week. We'll see. It's time for That's My Quarterback with Davey Hudson. It's my quarterback. All right, guys. He's going shades again. That's, that's the right always. decision. That's the rule. That's to the rule. honor T.O., I got to do it. Now grow so, a mullet out for next week. Then we're set. Might need a little bit more time, but we can start working on that now. Maybe by Christmas, Chad. Matt's already on his way. But, you know, Christmas a couple well months away. Way. But right now, the we're in October. And if we look back, first couple of weeks of the NFL, 
Who was your Mr. September? Who was the quarterback that came out and just like absolutely made you think, wow, this guy's it. He's got that it factor. It was Tua Tagovailoa uh, for me. I mean, he picked up right where he left off prior to the first concussion a year ago, Chad. Um, he had the league-leading quarterback rating, passed for 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns, completed 71% of his passes. I mean, it, it's not even – it's not just Tyreek Hill and, and Waddle. It's uh, Braxton Berrios that's also getting in the mix. And they also have a run game that they can lean on. So, yeah, he capped off September – with the 70-20 win over the Broncos in week three. And if we're just looking at that month, it is Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, I Tua's a great answer. I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. And it's because I keep expecting Brock Purdy to kind of come back down to the middle a little bit. I don't expect him to hit rock bottom. I think he's a good NFL quarterback. I don't know that he's great, but he's a pretty great month. That 49ers team, I think, had the best month of any team in the league. They look to be the best team. And he's not just a game manager at this point. He's a guy who elevates that team. So give me the seventh-round pick that has been way more than that. It's amazing. I keep expecting to be average and has been really good for the 49ers and continues to do really good things for them. So I'm going Purdy. Never lost. Yeah, yeah, never has not lost a regular season game. And what is it, nine wins now straight? I think we're at ten. I mean, it's and it's time to start giving him credit for that, not just the rest of the roster. Did you guys see the article where he admitted he's like still splitting writ with uh, one of his teammates? Yeah, he makes like eight hundred and seventy thousand a year. Yep. Right now, and that's not enough to have your own place apparently in San Fran because the cost of living is so high. It's the most expensive place in America to well, live. Well, and they they cannot give him a bump in pay until after year three. Yeah, so he's got so a that, That's why he's still in the rookie contract. It is a great setup. For San Francisco, because they've got their QB that they trust, and they're paying him literally nothing compared to what any other player on that roster is getting. But imagine making pick. over 800k and saying it's not conducive to owning my own home. I have to rent and live with someone else. That is a well, city out of whack with cost of living. Well, or you get the home. You can you could buy the home, or you can live in a much better place and split it. You yeah, I mean? or he's just really fiscally responsible. Yeah. And he's saying, I'm just going to do this now because it's cheaper and then well, bank but, my but, money. But if you look at it from the long-term perspective for him, it's not like he has enough uh, to set up uh, you know, the, the retirement fund, quote-unquote. No. And if he suffers a catastrophic injury... He's done. He's got that, and that's it. He's not owed a, a dime more than that for as far as injury is concerned. So, yeah, the cap hit on him is $889,000 this year. It's not much where they were able to go out and add Randy Gregory. I yeah, they, they trade for Randy Gregory today to pair with that defensive line. Again, that's the additions that they can make due to the contract for because they, they have among the top they uh, among the top five salaries for uh, wide receiver and Debo Samuel. They have, of course, Bosa, a couple of other players along their Christian McCaffrey, top paid running back. Uh, yeah, Trent I mean, Williams. the 49ers feel yes. like the new Trent Patriots. Williams. Trent Williams, a great one. Yeah. 49ers are the new Patriots when it comes to reclamation projects and the way their roster is being built. They've got to win a Super Bowl to get in on at least one of them to get on par yeah. with them, but that's what it feels You're like. Right. All right, guys, moving right along this next one. Put me in, Coach, the quarterback that currently needs to play over their starter. I, I'll, I'll start. I, this is a boring answer. I can't think of a single one, to be quite honest. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and claim that one backup quarterback – should be starting in the NFL right now over over the starting quarterback. 
I mean, the, the one case that I would make is Jacoby Brissett in Washington uh, because I think the, the bloom is off the, is off the flower of, of Sam Howell and the pressure is going to be ramped up to win games. And while Sam Howell's on the road and, and coming back to win in Denver, that was impressive. Brissett has the experience and the starting experience that I think would be necessary for a switch if you're looking for a bit a boost after a losing streak in your jobs on the line. If, if I were to Rivera re- says no changes are coming yeah. this weekend, right? Uh, that's for the staff. Right. So I would anticipate they continue with Sam Howell. I, if I were to change the question to win right now, would that alter it? And the only reason I say that is because I think the, the Panthers, while they aren't going to do this, they would actually have a better chance of winning in the moment if they went with Andy Dalton over Bryce Young. Could you make the same argument for Gardner Minshew and Indy over Anthony Richardson? But maybe they win more right now with him. Well, I, th- I think the Andy the, Dalton uh, argument's the one to make. The, that they the one, could win more right now with him. We've overlooked one though. Is this Mitchell Trubisky over Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I would throw another that in there. That has been awful. What about Taylor Heineke? You mentioned Washington. I know he's no longer there, but he's in Atlanta, and I've not been sold yeah. on Desmond Ritter. Those are good ones. I would still go with the starter in all it's those a big situations. Week for Atlanta. I think I, I like the Dalton example. Davey, That's good. Is one that yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they would be better off right now but i'm such a firm believer in if you go number one overall yeah, yeah you gotta keep playing him. start the clock we yeah. gotta see what this guy has let's get him experience can he pick it could get be him the out first there benched well the the one guy they need to bench is Najee harris jalen warren deserves more snaps than Najee, yeah. and i think you're going to see that happen sooner rather they need than to later. bench matt canada and then figure out who's good after that but yeah, yeah it, it, both it, both have been all three have been bad you we've just seen harris trend this way back to last year yeah well, guys, for this next one, you will not – I already know you will not be picking a Pittsburgh quarterback, but nope. he just got that dog in him. I'm going to go with the guy we mentioned to start this segment, Baker Mayfield. And it's not that I ever doubted that he had that dog in him, and whether it be with Oklahoma, with the Browns. He's a guy who almost had too much dog in him because he'd get himself hurt trying to run and yeah, make something happen at times. He but still does that. I felt like he lost that leadership dog in him. I felt like he lost that ability to communicate with teammates and be the guy in the locker room. Then he goes to Carolina, and I'm thinking, okay, here's his chance. He was wrong by the Browns. Game one against Cleveland, and Jacoby Brissett's going to be the quarterback and not Deshaun Watson a year ago. And things fell apart in Carolina quickly. And he went to L.A., played well under Sean McVay, got some of that back. And I'm watching him now, and I'm thinking, this dude's a starting NFL quarterback again. I don't know how long it lasts, but I feel like he's got that presence and moxie back. So I'm going to go Baker Mayfield. Uh, I immediately thought of one player because of the offseason storyline based on a cognitive test that looks like it's complete BS right now on C.J. Stroud. Um, he's by far the best new addition from the draft. He came in and has been producing from week one. All of this discussion about where he was going to fall and how much of the, the, the cognitive test was going to play a factor in where he was drafted. Didn't know if Houston was going to take him number two. They ended up making the wise decision of doing so. And he's been producing at a level where the Texans can legitimately be the surprise team halfway through the season and what they've done. They demolished Pittsburgh. They're on the road this week against Atlanta. And they sit in a division where all teams are two and two. I mean, uh, everything's on the table 
And he could end up being one of the top storylines of the NFL, not just of the rookie quarterback mix. Give me C.J. Stroud, who has that dog in him, because ultimately, can you ball or not? That's what I want to know about a player. This dude can. And maybe he's not a good test taker, but on Sundays, on the test, he's acing it compared to the others that were taking either the one ahead of him or the quarterbacks behind him that were debated to be better than he was for the Houston Texans quarterback of the future. Well, Will Levis is one of those quarterbacks that was in that debate. He's third string currently for the Titans. Yep. And C.J. Stroud is, is, as Hutton said, balling out right now as a starting quarterback for the Texans. No picks in the first four games, 1,200 yards passing. I mean, yeah. I mean, and by the way, the other quarterbacks that have done that and accomplished that all have Super Bowl rings to the, first, to the start of their career. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and now C.J. Stroud. Not bad. That, he's got that dog in him, Davey. I like those answers a lot. Davey's got that dog in him. Look at those sunglasses. Can't even tell what he's I thinking do, behind those yeah, glasses. I, I don't know, Chad. I kind of did see my reflection, and it really does give off the vibe of this guy might actually be blind. Well, it gives off that. It's also – it's always funny to me because when I see someone in sunglasses indoors, mm -hmm. it's just really hard to get a gauge of what's going on there, period, full stop. Just nothing behind – you can't see – what their eyes are thinking, you don't know. There's more and more people if that are wearing sunglasses If they mean harm inside, to you, if they mean well. But, Chad, it's, you there really are those, know. though, that can wear sunglasses inside, and you're like, oh, of course. Like, that, he like pulls, Dion. Yeah, you pull that off. Yeah, Dion Sanders walked in here right now and said, oh, of course he's wearing yeah. sunglasses indoors. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have to take sunglasses off the moment I approach a doorway. I can't even get close to inside while wearing them, or it just turns everyone off. It is more comfortable with the way the lights come down in here, having the glasses on. lights. Got to get used to these bright lights. Well, you got to do it for T.O. T.O. indoors. Looks normal. He pulls it off. Slightly better than Dave. Rockstar's on stage. Only slightly better than Dave. Rockstar's on stage with sunglasses. Yes. I'll allow it. You get the uh, Davey Hudson stamp of approval there. I don't know that we see as many. Verified. Um, Davey verified. I'm trying to think of the rock star that still wears the sunglasses indoors on stage. Oh. I John Cougar Mellencamp? <laughs> I mean, is he still rocking sunglasses? Plenty of them. Hmm. On stage. Mainly, hey. mainly the guitar players, not maybe not the uh, you know, the, the drummer that's stoned. Is Kelly in Vegas gonna make us some money? She will. It's time. Kelly Vegas joins us next. We go through the top lines of the weekend on Hot Mike. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Outkick.com slash bet. Outkick.com slash bet. That is where you go uh, based on the advice that we are about to receive from Kelly in Vegas. If you haven't taken a shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. The big reason why. Exclusively for first-time points bet users, grab this unique offer. Right now, points bet users, new sign-ups, you can get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, points bet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com slash bet. You complete the registration process with points bet and make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bets come to play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem 1 800 Gambler. 
Head over to Outkick.com slash bet now to snag this offer. What a huge addition to Outkick. Yeah, and you can get uh, big time uh, Outkick and The Fade with Kelly in Vegas, along with Clay Travis, each and every Thursday. And you can also find great analysis like this with the top bets for the NFL weekend. What lines do you like? What moves do you like in the NFL slate? Clay, I already mentioned I laid one with the Falcons earlier in the week. It's kind of a play against the Texans hype, getting a lot of love in the marketplace. I made the Falcons a two and a half point favorite in that one. So I did lay the one early on to the Rams, which is my best bet for this week. I took four and a half early. I think you can still get it out there. Make sure you guys shop around over the Eagles. Yeah. I got a lot of grief. Actually, in the comments yesterday, somebody even said, wait, is this the girl that took the Bucks over the Eagles? That was me. And the reason why is because I love betting against Super Bowl losers. Jalen Hurts threw two picks in that game, and against any other offense, they would have lost. Unfortunately, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks had horrendous play calling and did not exploit some of the defensive woes that Philadelphia has. I do, however, think that Cooper Cup being back, Puka being in this lineup for the Rams, plus the Rams defense. Not only are you getting the better defense plus the points here, very great betting strategy. You are getting an offense that I think is clicking a lot better than people realize. We'll see if uh, Philadelphia can come out unscathed, but I like the points and I think the Rams win this one. Kelly in Vegas joins us now uh, where you can get the fade on Thursday. She joins us each Friday. Kelly, good to see you. As always, thanks for having me. Pumped to have you on Outkick, too, with the with the fade. And you and Clay have done a tremendous job. By, by the way, the, first the, week. the highest of praise from Clay. Yeah. I have to reveal this. So I was talking to Clay on the phone this week, and I said, I said, hey, man, I know that you're really busy. You've got multiple shows. Like, if you need Hutton or I to host the fade at any point, let us know. And he immediately was like, no, no, I, I want to host that show. I actually want to be actually- I want to be on that show with Kelly. And I'm thinking, man, hats off to Kelly. It's like the one show. I think that Clay's I, like, you know, I want to add this show with all that he's got going on. He's like, no, this is one that I want to add. So congratulations to you on that, Kelly. Thank you. I just made a really terrible joke to our producer, uh, Tyler, as he congratulated me before I came on air. I said, man, Clay must feel really bad for me. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to take time out of my busy schedule to give you 30 minutes to do a show with you. No, all jokes aside, Clay and I have been friends for a very long time. And he's always been a great mentor to me, at least in the media space, maybe not so much in the sports gambling space. Yeah. Kelly, uh, each uh, each week, Chad and I will will pitch a uh, a bet. You can take one and then crush one. And I I already know the results of this based on what you just said from the NFL uh, selections that you've made. Uh, my my absolute play this week is Houston. I don't know why you say not to ride the hot hand and follow the hype. Uh, I'm doing that based on what I've seen from the Jaguars game and the Steelers game with C.J. Stroud and the way they're producing points and numbers with the passing game. Meanwhile, uh, I also watched what the Falcons did a week ago, and then they elect not to take the bye coming back from London after getting trounced by Jacksonville and Desmond Ritter's their quarterback throwing interceptions. Give me Houston on the road and the points. So I'm going to go college, and this is like clockwork. Every year about this time, we get all the feel-good stories about Kentucky football. Oh, look at what Mark Stoops has done with the program. They're dominating. They're undefeated. And people forget that their schedule actually gets difficult right about now, this time of year. And this is when they start to lose games. I think Georgia's going to figure it out at some point. A year ago in Week 5, Georgia should have lost to Missouri. And then they started to get it together after that and started rolling. Give me the Bulldogs at home, minus 14 and a half. 
I think this is a three-plus touchdown beatdown for Georgia against Kentucky on Saturday night. Dog fans are going to be excited to be back at home at night. Give me Georgia big. Yeah. Ooh, this is tough. I don't know whose bet I hate more this week, guys. I was just Good. looking at my notes. You've got to play, uh, you've gotta play one. I could tell by she was trying to have a look on her face like she kind of liked one or the other. No, I knew she, she hated mine. She hates both. No, I knew she'd hate both. <laughs> it's not that I hate both. I just do think Kentucky has had Georgia's number at least against the spread, right? We're asking Georgia, a team that really I have yet to figure out their identity. You guys, we're six weeks in, and I'm like, who are the Georgia Bulldogs? We know what Kirby Smart is capable of. We have seen what this team can do. Yet, I haven't really seen them kick anything into high gear as of late, right? Struggled with Auburn last week. Of course, Auburn, after I bet them against Texas A&M, puts on an absolute show offensively, doing nothing the week prior. That's kind of how it works sometimes. Look, I like Mark Stoops. I like this Kentucky Wildcats team. I'm not going to get to the window on them, but I'm definitely not laying it with Georgia and Hutton. I, I don't blame you for wanting to take the Texans. I do not blame you. It looks like the, come on in, the water's warm. It's going to be great. I promise it's going to be the easiest bet. C.J. Stroud, give him the uh, the Rookie of the Year award. He is the man. No interceptions. I have been very impressed with him Me and too. his Texans team. I, that is, This is not a play against the Texans. This is the Falcons coming back home, Bichon. playing in the Dome. I, I really think this is going to be a knockout, dragout type of game. I would not be surprised to see it being a 17-16 final with the Falcons defense finally stepping up. Desmond Ritter, though, as a favorite, uh, trust me, it doesn't make me feel good to walk to the window and make these bets sometimes. Are you picking Hutton's? To be clear, which one are you picking? You got to pick one of the other. She can't pick mine because she just picked the Falcons in the fade. Okay, so you pick mine. Just say it. I have you to pick, pick mine. I have, okay, fine. If I have to pick, I'd rather lay it with Georgia. All right, good. Uh, good. Hates both. I want to be clear to the audience. She doesn't like either one. She's not going to play either one. It. But if she had to pick, she would pick mine. No, she's so walking to the window. On gives that. me a little bit of comfort as I, I bet that game this weekend. Kelly, you, you feel pretty comfortable every week giving us three underdogs that you like in college football. Who's your underdog parlay this week? Oh my gosh, you guys, I just tweeted out my video. So we were having some technical difficulties this week. Come to find out I'm not the most tech savvy person on the planet. And so my producer did a really nice job of editing my video, fixing it so the sound matched my face. Uh, but come to find out, we just found out Brennan Armstrong is not going to be playing for the Wolfpack. We actually found that out two days ago, uh, but it is in the video. He was their leading rusher for the Wolfpack. And as you know, Marshall, what do they do? Well, they shut down the running game, right? And I thought, hey, look, they have to force this guy who's sub 55% to throw the ball instead of scrambling for his life. We'll see if it wouldn't be a long day for them. Look, Marshall's already beat one ACC team on the road this year. I know it was Virginia Tech, but the Wolfpack fans are getting restless. They have yet to beat an FBS school at home this season. I do still like Marshall plus the points. You'll notice that one hasn't moved because there is no drop-off between the two quarterbacks. Next, I like Missouri. Now, I ugh, this one's tough, too. I got, I got to be honest. It made me kind of uneasy to bet it because I've been against Missouri, if you guys remember, a couple of times this year. But on Tuesday, I had a really good friend of mine that I respect text me, and he goes, Kelly, who do you think the best quarterback in the SEC is? And I'm going, all right, I, I know this answer. And then, of course, I got to get on the Google machine because I, I've got to look at the stats. I've got to look at the numbers. And sure enough, he texts me Brady Cook, and I said, no way. This is not happening. And sure enough, not only is he one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, he has one of the best 
wide receivers in the SEC. So look, we've got a guy who hasn't thrown an interception in almost a year, almost 1,500 passing yards on the season, 11 touchdowns. I think LSU is kind of reeling here after losing that overtime game in Oxford. I mean, was that the highest scoring game we're going to see this year? Probably. Do you think they really get up for a game in Columbia? I think Mizzou plus the six looks really nice. And then the last one I'm going to take is Oklahoma Red River shootout rivalry, whatever they're calling it at the Cotton Bowl this year. And last year, I will admit, I did take Oklahoma. And I was like, initially, I was like, nope, not taking Oklahoma in the spot. Looked at a little bit deeper and I said, wait, Dylan Gabriel ended up being out for that game and all hell essentially broke loose. But this is the first time since 2011, both teams are undefeated. The better resume on paper might go to Texas, but let's look at this. Wyoming, Baylor, Rice, they covered one of those games. And sure, they beat an Alabama team that at the time basically had three separate quarterbacks. I don't know if Texas really does have the better resume here. I think Oklahoma has been pretty impressive, quietly flying under the radar, not playing anyone. And if you look at this rivalry, it seems like the dog is always barking. Oklahoma won seven of the last 10, and I don't see this one being any differently. So if you're going to take the points here, make sure you put a little bit on that plus 190 as well. Oklahoma, Missouri, Marshall. That's our, that there's was, our part. That was great Oklahoma-Texas um, analysis so that's uh, kind of changed my mind on that one a little the, bit. The, the, the fear in betting against LSU, isn't it you just don't know which LSU team shows up and the streaks that, that they can go on? You know, I think it's not only that, because I think Brian Kelly, as we've spoke about on the show, is an excellent coach. That's not up for debate, but it's kind of trouble in in Baton Rouge right now, right? They are not happy with how last year went, and they weren't happy how this year's started out. So, and then for me, when I really trust my numbers when I start the season and I look at teams and I've got to make adjustments, did I not make the correct assumption on Missouri early? Was I wrong, which maybe that is a real possibility as well, never or happened. am I now upgrading them too quickly? So mm-hmm. those th- things all really come into play when you're handicapping some of these games. And I don't usually like to talk to other people, but this week I kind of needed to. And my buddy, Mark, when I called him about Mizzou, I said, Hey, let's talk about this in a black and white on paper. And when he said that he thought Brady cook was the best quarterback in the sec, I was floored. And if you look at his stat line, he's impressive. Are you going to the window, or if you did, how do you play AM hosting Bama getting two and a half? You know, boy, I heard that the uh, message boards in Tuscaloosa were losing their minds this week. I do a podcast with a pretty prominent bookmaker in Las Vegas, and he had heard that Jalen Milrow got hurt at practice. And when the Alabama message board people saw this, they were losing it. I mean, just losing it. And I said, whoa, just because somebody got hurt at practice doesn't mean he's not going to be playing, doesn't tell us any of the severity. You know, in Tuscaloosa and a lot of college campuses, they keep things really tight-lipped. I'm going to be honest with you. AM was one of those teams that I wasn't that high in. If you remember, I did play Auburn thinking the better defense there was going to prevail. Maybe I was a little low on AM, but I also think that I was a little high on Alabama. We always expect Alabama to reload. You know, last year, AM did scare, we'll call it scare, Alabama yeah. and Tuscaloosa last season. So there may be a little bit of uh, revenge there. I think this is going to be a really good game, but I would not be surprised to see, depending on how AM's defense 
shows up against whichever Alabama quarterback it may be. But don't, you have to feel pretty good that Milrow's okay based on the fact that Bama's favored on the road at this point. Vegas would know. Essentially, right? You would, you would feel good that he is, but you know what? I joke about it all the time in the NFL, and we don't talk about it very much in college. NFL coaches lie all the time. I have a list of coaches that if you watch their presser, you just, nope, not, you can't believe the words coming out of their mouth. And so Nick Saban, now if Nick Saban said Milrose ago, all right, I'd believe him. But until I hear that, I don't really know. Not confident in any of the three quarterbacks there, Chad. Well, and I'm, we don't have much time <laughs> here, Kelly, but I am curious, uh, 11 a.m. for LSU, Missouri. Mm. Um, how much do you factor in game time? Because I feel like it would help Missouri if it was at night and people were liquored up for the game. That's it would be a better atmosphere, right? Really funny how you say that because I actually said that about the K-State-Oklahoma game tonight. I'm like, God, I hate that it's a Friday night game. This is totally a game K-State would lose in Stillwater to a really subpar Cowboys team because you're absolutely right. The fan bases at night are far more electric than they are at 11 a.m. You're getting up at 7, you get some beers in, you have a couple mimosas, and that's about it. K-State performs way better at those 11 a.m. kicks than most teams do. Mizzou, though, I will say this. K-State Mizzou was a noon Eastern kick, and Mizzou came ready to play. I think this is an LSU team that always has a target on their back. But, yes, more traditionally, of course you want to get the home dog at night. Kelly in Vegas, the co-host of The Fade with Clay Travis on OutKick. Kelly, great to have you. Uh, Thanks for joining the show today. We'll do it again next week. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kelly. Time to get rich. Follow her. Don't follow M- the new things that she hated with us with M- our play. Mizzou's used to 11 a.m. games, though. They, they, they get a lot of They get a lot of them up LSU, there in Columbia. Not used to that. Nope. Top 10 games of the college football weekend. Withrow's got them next. <laughs> 